This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold. And we are analyzing industrial society and its future. This fabulous paper written in 1995, ladies and gentlemen. Let's continue here. With paragraph 118, it says conservatives and some others advocate more local autonomy. Local communities once did have autonomy, but such autonomy becomes less and less possible as local communities become more enmeshed with and dependent on large-scale systems like public utilities, computer networks, highway systems, the mass communications media, the modern healthcare system. All right, think about that. This is written 28 years ago, folks. And just look at everything else now that local communities rely on, right? The local community operates within the whole technocratic system at this point. It goes on to say also operating against autonomy is the fact that technology applied in one location often affects people at other locations far away. Thus, pesticide or chemical use near a creek may contaminate the water supply hundreds of miles downstream, and the greenhouse effect affects the whole world. Now, think about that, right? Let's look at the case of the eight states I told you about that use cloud seeding and spray silver iodide and other chemicals as well as... um, dry ice up into the air to make it rain or make it snow and i haven't even looked into the chemical effects of that system well if colorado's doing it let's say all the people in colorado agreed to do it which they didn't if they're doing it whatever they're spraying in the air that then creates the rain or creates the snow that then gets into the streams and then washes down into rivers and into lakes and such that affects other states whether those people in those states agreed to this system and the negative effects of the system or not goes on to say paragraph 119 the system does not and cannot exist to satisfy human needs instead it is human behavior that has to be modified to fit the needs of the system again folks technocracy the science of social engineering and the systematic control of the means of production and the distribution of goods and services. So if the system wants to control the means of production and the distribution of goods and services, it then needs to operate 
within this science of social engineering to socially engineer people into the system. If the system is not acting on behalf of human autonomy and natural human behavior to begin with, they have to modify human behavior. That's the whole thing with MKUltra and mind hacking, mind bending, all of that other stuff. It goes on to say, this has nothing to do with the political or social ideology that may pretend to guide the technological system. Aha, there you go. Republican versus Democrat here in the United States, WWE wrestling. That's why it says, let me repeat, this has nothing to do with the political or social ideology that may pretend to guide the technological system. You don't even hear Republicans talking about the technological system we live in. You don't hear them talking about the fact that we live in a culture of technocracy. That is why, to me, I just don't listen to, I don't even care if it's Ron DeSantis. All right, until people are talking about how they're going to remove themselves from the Federal Reserve banking system, how they are going to get rid of all this spy technology everywhere, until people are talking about that on a political stage, I, I don't believe that they really care about undoing anything because you can't undo um, the system unless you're willing to actually talk about it. As the author brought up, I think, in the last show, episode 133, we covered that the system, the technological system, the technocracy cannot be reformed. It has to actually be uprooted and destroyed. Um, So I, I just don't pay attention to them because I look at the politicians, they're just puppets, and they're pretend. You're supposed to believe they're in control, while the system, the technocratic system, keeps growing no matter what policy decisions these folks are talking about. It goes on to say, it is not the fault of capitalism, and is not the fault of socialism. It is the fault of technology, because the system is guided not by ideology, but by technical necessity of course the system does satisfy many human needs but generally speaking it does this only to the extent that it is to the advantage of the system to do so it is the needs of the system that are paramount not those of human beings come on you know this to be true folks you know this to be true at what point is government who is really the overseer of the system really looking to satisfy human needs. They're always trying to control you and corral you and push you and threaten you. Let's continue. For example, the system provides people with food because the system couldn't function if everyone starved. It attends to people's psychological needs whenever it can conveniently do so because it couldn't function if too many people became depressed or rebellious. But the system, for good, solid, practical reasons, must exert constant pressure on people to mold their behavior to the needs of the system. Too much waste accumulating, the government, the media, the educational system, environmentalists, everyone inundates us with a mass of propaganda about recycling, need more technical personnel, a chorus of voices exhorts kids to study science, no one stops to ask whether it is inhumane to force adolescents to spend the bulk of their time studying subjects most of them hate, all right? Which, folks, that's why Willie G will be homeschooled from day one. 
I've, I've already been working on the curriculum, which is outside even what homeschoolers actually teach. There is so much stuff, one, that is unnecessary. Number two, I believe you should expose your kids to as many things as possible and see where their interests go uh, based on their own personal DNA wiring. Like, what are they actually interested in? And then start to guide them towards what they are interested in and make them successful or as sec- successful as they can be in that particular area. But in the world we live in now, as I mentioned before, you have to train them up to be able to survive in nature and then survive in the technological system and then let them decide, uh, as they're educated on both, where they want to fall in between. Let's continue. When skilled workers are put out of a job by technical advances and have to undergo, quote, retraining, end quote, no one asked whether it is humiliating for them to be pushed around in this way. It is simply taken for granted that everyone must bow to technical necessity and for good reason. If human needs were put before technical necessity, there would be economic problems, unemployment, shortages, or worse. The concept of mental health in our society is defined largely by the extent to which an individual behaves in accord with the needs of the system and does so without showing signs of stress, right? So you suffer for mental health issues if you try to operate outside of the system right? You were deemed to be a troubled person. Let's just look at school, for instance. If you're a kid who is creative or high energy, or you're just bored by what the teacher is teaching, because for some reason, deep inside your brain, inside your soul, inside your spirit, in your DNA wire, you know that you are bored as hell uh, with what the teacher's teaching, uh, something you're not interested in, and you're probably never going to use, right? So, If you start to act out or you're fidgety in class or you're not sitting still, at least pretending to listen to the teacher, you were deemed to have ADHD, attention deficit hyperactive disorder, and they want to force you to go on drugs to basically lower your uh, stimulation levels and get you to focus in the class and sit there like a vegetable. Why? Because you're trouble for the system if you're not going to operate within the system. And you see folks like this every single day deemed to be troubled because they don't want to operate within this system. Uh, Paragraph 120, efforts to make room for a sense of purpose and for autonomy within the system are no better than a joke. All right. Efforts to make room for a sense of purpose and for autonomy within the system are no better than a joke. For example, one company, instead of having each of its employees assemble only one section of a catalog, had each assemble a whole catalog. And this was supposed to give them a sense of purpose and achievement. Some companies have tried to give their employees more autonomy in their work, but for practical reasons, this usually can be done only to a very limited extent. And in any case, employees are never given autonomy as to ultimate goals. Their autonomous efforts can never be directed towards goals that they select personally, but only toward their employer's goals, such as the survival and growth of the company. Any company would soon go out of business if it permitted its employees to act otherwise. Similarly, in any enterprise within a socialist system, workers must direct their efforts toward the goals of the enterprise. Otherwise, the enterprise will not serve its purpose as part of the system. 
once again, for purely technical reasons, it is not possible for most individuals or small groups to have much autonomy in industrial society. Even the small business owner commonly has only limited autonomy. Apart from the necessity of government regulation, he is restricted by the fact that he must fit into the economic system and conform to its requirements. For example, when someone develops a new technology, the small business person often has to use that technology, whether he wants to or not, in order to remain competitive. The bad parts of technology cannot be separated from the good parts. Now, this is back in 95, but this rings true today, folks. Okay, so think about how uh, technology works, right? Uh, just think about regulations coming from the IRS. You're a small business owner. Now you've got to use QuickBooks or Quicken or something like that to track all your taxes. Think about in the, the small business world today, if you're a barber or a hairdresser, uh, all of a sudden it's the trend to do online booking. Now you have to adopt online booking. These are the type of clients I work with, you know, helping them update their systems with my creative consulting business to conform to the system because they're going to go out of business if they don't conform to the system. And this is what it's talking about here. If all of a sudden the system decides that all the coffee shops are going to use square credit card readers, well, your coffee shop doesn't do it. People stop going to your coffee shop. So you get forced into the system. And what the author says here, very important, the bad parts of technology cannot be separated from the good parts of technology. And this is really important. This is why I've asked many guests. You've heard me say, do you believe the internet was a net positive or a net negative? Because you will see a lot of the guests say, well, the good parts of the internet of XYZ, but everything else is bad. Well, does that mean you keep it because a couple of good things came out of it and the rest is terrible and it's tearing apart humanity? Well, the author is saying right here, the bad parts of tech cannot be separated from the good parts. Look at it in the terms of the Trump presidency. That's how I see the Trump presidency. So people will say everything was good for three years. Well, then the last year we had COVID land the high school theater production and started jabbing people up with poison. So how do you separate the supposed good parts of Trump's presidency from the bad parts that many believe? are actually things that led to killing people. Well, when you actually look at the good parts of the Trump presidency, they weren't so good either. I'll ask Wide Awake Jim about this tomorrow in episode 135 because he has been talking to me about this. All of these measures and policies and regulations that came in the first three years behind the scenes are what allowed a lot of what we saw in the dystopian, tyrannical COVID land, the high school theater production. So you can't separate the good from the bad. You have to weigh things, I think, as a net negative or a net positive for humanity, for freedom, for the natural world, however it is you want to weigh that stuff. But it's very difficult for us to sit here and complain about the bad parts of tech and say we're willing to take the good parts because how are you going to reform that? Who's going to make the decision that only the good parts stay and the bad parts go away? Who's going to define what's good and bad about this? Uh, I'm not saying that we're going to take away the internet and take away technology. I'm just saying you can start, as I mentioned earlier, to remove the technology from your own life. The system, I don't believe, is going to be changed, and no one's going to come in and remove it. Only you can remove yourself from the system, and it's actually a lot easier than I think you believe it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I 
am going to remove myself from the system. See how this works? I'm going to step out to a short commercial break. I'll be right back. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Dustin Gold Standard. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to pain.tv slash gold. Folks, you are back in the system, and we are reading from and analyzing industrial society and its future, this 1995 paper basically about technocracy analyzing what was coming in the future and now we're in the future folks it's 28 years later let's look at paragraph 121 we just wrapped up the last segment talking about the bad parts of technology cannot be separated from the good parts paragraph 121 a further reason why industrial society cannot be reformed in favor of freedom is that modern technology is a unified system in which all parts are dependent on one another. You got that? That's interesting, right? It says right here, again, I want to reread that. A further reason why industrial society cannot be reformed in favor of freedom is that modern technology is a unified system in which all parts are dependent on one another. You can't get rid of the bad parts of technology and retain only the good parts. Take modern medicine, for example. Progress in medical science depends on progress in chemistry, physics, biology, computer science, and other fields. Advanced medical treatments require expensive, high-tech equipment that can be made available only by a technologically progressive, economically rich society. Clearly, you can't have much progress in medicine without the whole technological system and everything that goes with it. Very interesting, is it not, folks? So think about any industry out there, right? Any industry out there offering supposed advancements, they need an entire technological system behind them to ensure Uh, those advancements or that innovation, right? So if you say internet is good, I need internet. Think about the technological structure, the infrastructure behind the internet. Just think about what they're doing now. They want to bring the internet, supposedly, which I think is a lie. That's part of selling folks on accepting this, but bring the internet to folks that live on the the coastal uh, shores. Bring the internet to folks that live in rural areas in the United States. Bring the internet to folks that live in mud huts in South America. Bring the internet to folks that live in uh, tin cans in places in Africa. Well, to do that, you need to launch Elon Musk, SpaceX, Starlink satellites everywhere, right? So what now goes behind that? Government money, 
uh, government contracts, technology, the growth of everything needed uh, for the satellites. Then you need receivers on the ground, need devices everywhere. And boom, all of a sudden you have a slave state, which we're all complaining about. So to have the internet, you need the technological infrastructure. So if you say the internet is a good part of technology, well, you have to do a lot of bad things to deliver the supposed good part of technology, which then leads to all of the spying all of the capturing and enslaving of the natural world and the people. Uh, You may not agree with the author's assessment here, but he is 100% right. You know, sometimes the truth hurts, folks. The first time I read this, it was actually freaky uh, reading this because it made me question pretty much everything. Let's continue. Paragraph 122. Even if medical progress could be maintained without the rest of the technological system, it would by itself bring certain evils. Suppose, for example, that a cure for diabetes is discovered. People with a genetic tendency to diabetes will then be able to survive and reproduce as well as anyone else. Natural selection against genes for diabetes will cease, and such genes will spread throughout the population. This may be occurring to some extent already, since diabetes, while not curable, can be controlled through the use of insulin. The same thing will happen with many other diseases, susceptibility to which is affected by genetic degradation of the population. The only solution will some sort of eugenics program or extensive genetic engineering of human beings so that man in the future will no longer be a creation of nature or of chance or of God, depending on your religious or philosophical opinions, but a manufactured product. Folks, absorb that. This was written again in 1995, 28 years ago. This author, who I told you, when we do the expose on him, you'll see, was deemed to be this crazy guy. And he's telling you right there about this idea of engineering humanity out of existence. Obviously, he does not use the word transhumanism, but think about what he's saying. We've covered DNA splicing, you know, genome hacking, all this other stuff, and he's talking about it right here in 1995. The only solution will be some sort of eugenics program, which we covered coming out of the late 1800s, out of the progressive era, or extensive genetic engineering of human beings so that man in the future will no longer be a creation of nature or of chance or of God, but a manufactured product. And what are we entering into now with the CRISPR-Cas9 program? engineering humanity what are we doing with the company orchid biosciences that i covered here extensively a company linked to peter thiel right picking out embryos out of a petri dish killing the ones that might have problems saving the other one then taking the bad parts of their dna splicing in good dna that they probably got from folks who submitted their dna to 23andme because the woman who controls 23andme whose husband is sergey brin from google is one of the big investors involved with the company Orchid Biosciences. And now we've entered a point in which they're actually starting to market the idea of growing your baby inside of a synthetic womb. It's eugenics. That's transhumanism. It's exactly what this author was talking about 28 years ago. Mind-blowing, folks. Mind-blowing. Paragraph 123. 
If you think that big government interferes in your life too much now, just wait till the government starts regulating the genetic constitution of your children. Such regulation will inevitably follow the introduction of genetic engineering of human beings because the consequences of unregulated genetic engineering would be disastrous. Oh, folks, uh, this is in 95. They already were forcing children to get vaccines to go to schools. But look at what we saw under COVID land, the high school theater production. Let me tell you this. I mean, let me be honest with you. First, it is the vaccines and it's the COVID jabs with the mRNA gene therapy. Then you have a bunch of doctors, to be honest with you, a bunch of shill misinfo and disinfo agents i'm not going to name their names but they show up on the joe rogan experience they show up on youtube uh during covid land all of a sudden you're led to them because they're talking about that the mrna shots were not tested and they're killing people they're going to maim people they're going to hurt people they're going to make people sick you see a lot of them now i see folks even you guys in the show are retweeting them or sending me videos on them i generally don't respond But a lot of those guys go on the Joe Rogan experience and then they talk about what the next phase is. Personalized DNA injections, personalized medicine. Folks, that is to modify DNA. It's going to either be designed to kill you or to change your body to conform you into the system's idea of perfection. This is what transhumanism is. I've explained here before, transhuman means transitional human. It's transitioning the body, the biological body, away from being human into what they then call post-human, which is no humans. They call this human 2.0 or humanity 2.0. This is where this is going. We're very close to this. It's, it's being rolled out as we speak. It's not coming. It's here. And this author was trying to warn of it, if that's what we are to believe, warn of it 28 years ago. Paragraph 124. The usual response to such concerns is to talk about medical ethics, and we've covered that here on the show. Even the Frankenstein doctors coming out of the military who are developing all this talk about, is it ethical to build a cyborg soldier? Is it ethical to put a brain chip in someone's head? Is it ethical to modify their DNA and turn them into the Incredible Hulk? Of course they believe that it's ethical because they don't care about ethics goes on to say but a code of ethics would not serve to protect freedom in the face of medical progress it would only make matters worse a code of ethics applicable to genetic engineering would be in effect a means of regulating the genetic constitution of human beings so uh somebody probably the upper middle class mostly would decide that such and such applications of genetic engineering were ethical and others were not, so that in effect, they would be imposing their own values on the genetic constitution of the population at large. Again, we are seeing this happening right now. Even if a code of ethics were chosen on a completely democratic basis, the majority would be imposing their own values on any minorities who might have a different idea of what constituted an ethical use of genetic engineering. If you want to understand more about certain groups of people imposing their will and forcing us into a system where they claim to have the consent of the people. Listen to Legal Man and his show, The Quash. He explains this in detail. 
It goes on to say, the only code of ethics that would truly protect, protect freedom would be one that prohibited any genetic engineering of human beings, and you can be sure that no such code will ever be applied in a technological society. No code that reduced genetic engineering to a minor role could stand up for long because the temptation presented by the immense power of biotechnology would be irresistible, especially since to the majority of people, many of its applications will seem obviously and unequivocally good. Eliminating physical and mental diseases, giving people the abilities they need to get along in today's world, inevitably, genetic engineering will be used extensively, but only in ways consistent with the needs of the industrial technological system, right? Only in ways consistent with the needs of technocracy. You see, folks, it's all here. I mean, have you read this paper? I had a couple folks out there email me from the show, and they knew who wrote this paper. They had read it before. They said, is this uh, so-and-so's paper? Uh, But I don't think many have, and this was published far and wide back in 1995, warning us exactly. I mean, I couldn't have written this better myself today. I would like to take this paper and just put my name on it. Put it out there and say, hey, I just wrote this yesterday. This is the basis for my book, for my documentary. Folks, this is brilliant, and it's warning us of exactly what we've become, uh, where we are today. And so now with this genetic engineering, I mean, think about what we just read and put that into the context of someone like Elon Musk, who's just a spokesman. He's a mouthpiece. He plays uh, Iron Man. You know, Tony Stark on TV going out there and saying, we have to merge with the machines. You know, we have to put the brain chips in the heads. We're going to cure people with paralysis. We're going to cure people with dementia. Again, they always tug at the heartstrings of humanity, but in reality, they're going to modify you so that you are more perfect when it comes to terms of what perfection is for the system. I showed you. Going back to the 1920s, the founders of technocracy wrote that we are human engines and we serve this system, the technological system, the industrial technological system, technocracy. We serve the system and we are inefficient because between the food and the oxygen we take in, energy they allow us to have, we only put 10% of that back into the system in the form of work. Therefore, we are inefficient. They deemed us inefficient. There was a target on our backs, on all humans' backs, for a long time, folks, for over 100 years. And now comes the time where they want to genetically modify us and control us through brain chips and central bank digital currency so that we fit into the technological system. This is what the false industrial revolution is. The merger of the physical, the biological, and the digital worlds. We are the biological humans. You know, and then you have the animals, you have the plants. But they want to modify us to fit better into their system because they're taking the physical world, right, the earth around us, Uh, then the buildings they build and such, and then the biological, that would be humans, that would be animals and plants, and moving it into this digital world, which is the technocracy. See, they're trying to fuse everything together. That's what the force industrial revolution is. So just look for in the future, 
because it's coming. There will be mandates that you uh, are going to have to modify your child. They'll say that you're not a loving parent because you don't want to give your kid DNA injection shots, modifying shots. I mean, think about what I went through at the hospital with Willie G. I mean, I knew this was coming. They want to stick your kid with a hepatitis shot. They want to rub ointment in its eyes. They want to give it a vitamin K shot. They want to give your kid, I mean, there's a meme floating around. I think it's 69 different uh, supposed vaccines before the kid is 12 years old coming out of the CDC. Willie G doesn't have one. He's two months old now, folks. He's doing his belly-to-back rolls, laughing. He tracks my fingers. He's picking things up months ahead of supposed schedule. And he doesn't have one vaccine. He's never going to have them. Uh, so now they're going to start saying, uh, in, in that case too, folks, trust me, uh, in a lot of cases you have uh, Child Protective Service threatened on you at the hospital if you don't want to give your kid these shots or you want to take your kid out of the hospital early like we did. We just had uh, friends of ours, associates really, uh, acquaintances out of our birth class because we were talking to our doula who just had their kid. They ended up having to transfer the hospital. The woman had the kid in, uh, in an ambulance. And the husband had to fight to get them out of the hospital early, and they had Child Protective Services threatened on them. So all of a sudden now, when you have a child, let's say they do a diabetes test, like in our kid's case, in Willie's case, they wanted to prick his foot every hour for 12 hours and see if he had diabetes. We said, no, we're not allowing you to do that. Well, if he was deemed to have diabetes and that we said we didn't want to give him certain drugs, they'll call Child Protective Services on you. So what happens now a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, you have your kid in the hospital and they end up saying, uh, oh, they have diabetes. They need a DNA modifying personalized injection that's going to cure their diabetes. And you say, no, you don't want to DNA modify your kid. Or they uh, start to force that women have in vitro done and they have to give up their embryos and pick the best embryos. Folks, this is all stuff that's out there. This science exists. It's being sold now as a novelty. They're slowly trying to introduce it as the norm. And then when you step outside, just like us starting with the home birth, unfortunately, we didn't finish there. But when you go into the hospital, they are ticked off. The bureaucrats, the doctors that you came in, they don't want home births. They want it done inside the Rockefeller Medical Industrial Complex. They want it done inside the industrial technological system. They want it done in these uh, infrastructure, uh, industry buildings run by and controlled by the technocracy. Ladies and gentlemen, let's step outside of the technocracy for just a moment. My name is Dustin Gold with the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 